0: faith fit radio and the diocese of orlando presents school of humanity with jason and rachel bowman a program that is seeking to lead young adults to christ and to enkindle a deeper faith that is fully alive now here are your hosts
1: hello and welcome to episode 29 29 of the school of humanity and um, I am Rachel Bowman.
2: I'm Jason Bowman.
1: And we are here again with Thomas Lapointe. Hello, friends. And Joanna Cowher.
0: Hello again, everyone.
1: Joanna and I are just going to sit over here because the men. Yeah.
2: We no. probably won't sit over here because yeah. that's not. We
0: a did a lot of talking yeah. the past few podcasts, so we I did. I think it's, it's their turn. I don't that's know okay.
2: about <laughs> that. I mean, <laughs> you know, I tried to contribute a little bit to the to the feminine. discussion
1: well we are now going to dedicate this podcast
0: take the lead we're gonna get through
3: this one to masculine we're not messing around anymore that's right (laughs) we're it's very masculine it's time for action all right Initiate. go ahead thomas all right let's do this you guys ready all right buckle up (laughs) so we've been talking about femininity A lot, which is a wonderful thing, and uh, it's. And and we've we kind of talked about more foundationally before that, uh, just how these, how these, the sexes or or genders or whatever language you want to use today, uh, relate to each other, and uh, it's time. It's time to talk about the man. the man some manly things we got some manly <laughs> topics coming up here are we gonna
1: talk about like chopping wood or what what's sure. happening
3: <laughs> guys smoking cigars we're, we're gonna have time for that Whiskey. this podcast yes, is gonna gosh, go by yes. so quickly that <laughs> <laughs>
0: you're
3: gonna have time <laughs> for all, all that beard shaving <laughs> <laughs> beard <laughs> trimming you wouldn't want to shave <laughs> it all that good stuff so uh <laughs> oh we want to talk about masculinity and um we want to talk about how it—it's actually just like femininity is for women. Masculinity is written on the heart of men. It's something that is intrinsic to their being. It is something that is ontological. Uh, it, it is something that is imprinted in the very fiber of their of our being. I can say our here, yes. first person. Um,
1: and I think it's applicable to say that the Catholic Church would not support checking the unknown box when you have a child being born right so, anyway we won't get into that but continue you I, and I, I share
3: I know. didn't even know that was a thing is there an unknown box
1: apparently
0: there will be soon I know
3: nope. I have some things to say to that but I'm yeah. not I'm not yeah. going to we going to masculinity the discretion here um <laughs> so so this uh, our masculinity shows up in in different areas so not only is it something that's physical or anatomical but it is something that's psychological and something that's spiritual too. Um, and and again, it, it is it's part of our core identity. It's who we are. It's who God made us to be. Uh, if we are a man, and uh, we could kind of spend a lot of time discussing what society thinks a man is, but frankly, I really don't care because I care about what the church says. Masculinity right. is. <laughs> we it, it, books have been written, movies have been made. Yeah. I, society just doesn't know masculinity as well as the church does. So let's right. just let's just go directly to what the church says if we were to sum it up i think we could use the word sacrifice yeah that would be the heart of masculinity and that's not to say that women don't sacrifice because they do make tremendous sacrifices but it is it is the masculine role that is called to uh, be sacrificial in in a in a higher degree or in a more complete right extent and that that manifests it in a, in a couple of different ways, a few different ways, uh, but but really everything of of the masculine essence revolves around this nature of sacrificial giving. And, and let me kind of define that uh, differently too, because we can say that we can put it in different terms. Uh, we've used the term generative, and we've also kind of uh, made the point in these last few podcasts of masculinity being an active giving of the self. To the beloved, and I, I think when we when we talk about all those things, that's we ha- we, we get a more complete picture of of what that is. Um, to put it differently, we could kind of view it as living as Christ crucified, so that our beloved can live as Christ resurrected. Yeah. I think that's that's probably a good way to put it. If you if you need analogy, that's really how's good. that? Does that work for I'd you? Love ladies? You have
1: the feminine stamp of approval. We're
3: excellent.
0: nodding our
1: heads. Excellent. So, yep. <laughs>
3: So we, we have this understanding then of the church's understanding of, of masculinity. Wait,
1: wait, wait. I need you to go back and say the whole resurrected thing again. Just because that was it was amazing.
3: really good. Uh, okay, yeah, we can do that. Yeah, please. We can do that. Yeah. So our masculine identity is to live as Christ crucified so that our beloved, often our spouses, our children, whoever we are, you know, pointing this, whoever is the receiving end of our outpouring of love, So that party can live as Christ resurrected. So really in the glory of the resurrection. Uh, That's awesome.
2: Is that good? Jason, what do you got on that? Yeah, I think that's great. I mean, um, as a priest, you know, hopefully as a future priest, you know, you would be, that's sort of a core identity that you would have is Mm -hmm. living as Christ crucified so that the church, you know, the body of Christ can live in the glory of the resurrection. I think that's that's perfect. Um,
1: how does it apply to you? To me,
2: you know, I think the same is true. Um, I like the analogy that, um, I think Blake said one time where almost like, um, you're like the cross that I'm to be crucified upon. Right. Yeah. Wasn't that something he said? Yeah. I really, I really liked that. Um, and again, that goes back to that whole submissio um, statement that we did. Where your your mission is to be under my mission, which is to die for you, right? <laughs> uh, and for our children. And so, you know, um, that's that is my identity um, is to be poured out for you and the kids. So, and it's a beautiful life. I like I l- that you. I love being masculine.
3: <laughs> I like that you brought up the priesthood because that is a core masculine role. <clears throat> right. And I think that uh, it's something that's you know that's timely. People are asking about, what about female ordinations? Right, right. Well, if we are to ordain females, we're actually doing them an injustice by denying their femininity. Right. right. And I don't think we realize that. We view it as this power struggle. Right. Which isn't the case at not all. At all. If, if you're a priest, you're called to be a servant. Right. It's not this right... It's it's this it's this role of service and and right. and self-sacrificing, and uh, Gosh. that's really all that needs to be said about it. You know it's it's not it's not that we think women would be bad or this that or the other thing is that the church doesn't have the authority. Yeah, to it's, confer it's ordination, it's actually not possible. Yeah, you know, it's yeah. like an impossibility. <laughs> So we could we could go on, but right. I think we've hit it. We're we're trying to be well concise well here. Done. He's got a mission, um, folks. This is this is hopefully <laughs> me revealing the masculine genius here and <laughs> getting through the podcast because we've been we've been recording some tonight and uh, it's been on. Awesome.
1: I, w- I will attest to the fact that Thomas was quite. I mean, he had, he had almost checked out a little bit, and then we were like, "We're going to talk about the math," and he's like, "All right, I'm here." That
3: was uh, that was the grandpa genius <laughs> that you were <laughs> seeing. It's like
0: conserving energy yeah. until yeah. it's necessary. That was me falling
3: asleep until you brought out the Werther's originals. <laughs> Put some pep it's in true. my step, exactly. <laughs> so we've talked about this identity of of masculinity, but I, I want to kind of talk about how this goes awry, and uh, how how we kind of see a failure. To live out this masculine genius which is inherent to our being and I think it comes in the form of two different uh, two different extremes and I'll kind of compare and contrast those a little bit the first one I think we think of and maybe this more cultural definition of masculinity is this tendency towards domination right so or lording over Um, and we see that uh, it could it could come in relationships and in this form of abusiveness or neglectfulness. Um, it could be, uh, you know, reducing the conjugal act to this uh, this means of, of obtaining pleasure at the expense of the other. Um, or it could be uh, this just lack or, or, or failure to build up those that are placed under your care uh, or, you know, the ones that are entrusted to you so you're no longer being... You know, you're no longer being mindful of them and working for their good. And it also kind of comes up in this uh, form of arrogance sometimes, which which really flies in the face of humility, which is what men are called to. Uh, Of course, women are called to humility as well. But but we are. I'm just kidding. (laughs) kidding. (laughs) We're feminine
0: geniuses. Okay. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Anyhow, well done.
3: The other, the other extreme uh, which guys may find themselves in is this, pas- uh, this passivity. Yeah, I like the term effeminate. Yes, yeah. so effeminate. And I think it's important when we, when we talk about that term, we don't mean feminine, we mean effeminate. Mm-hmm. So something that's feminine is probably supposed to be feminine, but something that's effeminate is not masculine where it should be. Right.
1: Well-defined,
3: sir. We're on a mission here. <laughs> <laughs> I, I,
1: purpose, I, mission,
3: you know, It's purpose-driven.
1: Purpose right. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Go ahead.
3: We're wild at heart, okay? <laughs> so in this p- passivity, which I can barely pronounce, I'm hanging on for dear life over here, <laughs> <laughs> it has this tendency to avoid things that are difficult. That could be avoiding leadership or avoiding confrontation. Avoiding fatherhood; mm-hmm. these things that require a gift of self are avoided or sidestepped somehow. Okay.
1: I have to I have to interject. I'm so sorry. No, you're sure, on a mission. go for it. No, no,
3: I've got um, time. I, I will sacrifice. <laughs> thank you. My will for yours. In this, now, I
1: will tell you. And, and I'm sorry, <laughs> love. If this is if this is putting too many of your cards on the table. Oh boy. Uh, but no, when Jason and I first met, he had actually gotten out of another—not recently, but his relationship before me. Um, hmm. and so when we first got married, I remember, uh, asking him, I think I, like when we'd make plans and stuff, I would make a lot of the plans or something like that. I don't remember how it came up, but I remember asking you like, why don't you decide on these things? And you told me that you, you were so used with your last relationship, not having to make decisions yeah. that you had kind of just succumbed to that. Like
2: that was, that was the way yeah. your life was going to be. That's definitely part of that effeminate uh, characteristic that mm-hmm. Thomas was talking about. You know, you picture that that guy who um, I don't know, like the Homer
3: Simpson. You always yeah, talk Jerry about. Seinfeld, Homer yeah. Simpson, yeah. Peter Griffin. We've yes. got a laundry yes. list of them in our culture. Yeah, it's my next. You stole my thunder, but did it's I? still
2: love you. I mean, no. I mean, it'll play. It'll play into whatever um, you're going to say, but. Yeah, I mean, it, it's true. If you feel em- emasculated, you know, if right. you have a woman that doesn't affirm you in your masculinity um, but tears you down all the time, um, then you, you know, you become, you almost start to take on a more f- feminine role. Um, and not even a feminine role. I don't know. It's right. just like a unmasculine role of being... Uh, sort of like impotent, you don't make any decisions, you're lazy, you're uh, apathetic and um, selfish, uh, those kind of things. Right. So, but you, thanks be to God, um, saved me in that way Mm. um, and affirmed me and um, then when I would make good decisions for us, um, you stood by me. Uh, while i did that and so i was free to be a virtuous man and to um and to lead so um that's part of the feminine genius i think is to be there um to inspire the man to be uh, who he was called to be
1: Mm.
3: so good yep continue on your mission so sir. good <laughs> <laughs> it was a, it was a good uh it was a it good was side that, step. It was, it was yeah good a, excellent yeah. i i support it fully <laughs> so yeah this passivity um it and, and you think jason jason hit it it comes off as this this soft effeminate this kind of whiny yeah we don't want that that's not authentic no. masculinity so these are the two kind of extremes that we can fall into uh, when we're not being authentically masculine. One thing which I think is curious, if you want to hit both of these two extremes at the same time, which you don't, I think the perfect example of this is pornography. Mm. Wow,
1: Matt Fred, where you at? <sighs> I d- it's this it's this. I I, 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 was on. Fire.
3: I was I was you know <laughs> taking these notes and, and and kind of getting prepared and and you trying to think of master. examples, and I was like, ooh, you know what hits both those? Sadly. It does. It's, man. it's pornography. It, yeah. It's, it's, it's so this true. it's Let's this activity. And, and do you want to extrapolate? Let's extrapolate. Let's do it. So, <laughs> uh, talk, you know, talking about reducing. And, and, it, and in this case, it's not even the conjugal act. It's this perversion, distortion. Right. Um, usury. Usury. Yeah, yeah. That that mimics or, or really mocks. Really mocks the conjugal act. So you right. you have this reducing, you know, this something that is objectifying. Some, yeah. something that originally was beautiful, and you're you know you're turning it into something to you're reducing it to your own pleasure, selfishness, your own selfishness. Exactly. It's 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 very uh, inward focused. It, it it completely denies your call to give of yourself. Right. But at the same time, it it doesn't. It also doesn't require anything of you, so so it's this usury, and it, uh, it's so, that, so that kind of embodies like, the domination. Like, yeah, it's an antithesis of masculine, right? You know, but at the same time, it's this pass- passivity because you are um, you're avoiding everything that's difficult, right? Which is right. a real relationship, yep. right? Yeah, yep. like
1: having to and, and having to actually work. For affection Mm -hmm. and intimacy, you're settling for a false affection, a false intimacy. Um,
0: I wonder what society would think if you told all these men, pornography is the least masculine thing you could do. It (laughs) really is. I wonder what... Or even a bunch
2: of dudes like, you know, high-fiving each other about, um, you know, objectifying women. Do you know what I mean? hmm We act, just because we do it, you know, with like a confident, you know, quote, right. masculine yeah. tone, it's actually very unmasculine, masculine Our culture
3: thinks that locker room talk is, right. is what it means to be a man.
2: Right. I mean, and it's true, man. It's ingrained in us. I mean, you even hear it from your dad, or, yeah. you know, there's a lot of people who grew up with dads that were like, all right, son, you know. Right. You know, that yeah whole
3: mentality of we've we've allowed the lie to to go on so long that we believe it, and it takes actual honest to goodness work to get out of it you ha- it 's like trying to break this mentality and and half the time we don't even know we have it right which how much harder is it to break out of something you don 't know you have yeah
2: no it's like uh yeah. it's just so ingrained in us and um yeah, I don't I we have and to, the we other have to thing draw too, this
1: out. I think that people don't realize um, is that the uh, they've proven that most of the time that when men are addicted to pornography that then in an actuality in real life they're unable to to maintain intimate relationships, they're unable they're impotent a lot of times. Right. Um and they lack the ability to have intimacy, to even even Recognize affection or give affection because of the faults, right? Life that they've been leading, you know.
2: Yeah, a part of their identity just falls apart. I mean, they might watch like even a a movie that depicts a superhero being virtuous and die, you know dying to himself and be apathetic towards it. You know, right? Because, because they just part can't of themselves, relate part anymore. of yourselves die. You, you know, know you, part
1: part of yourself dies <coughs> as you continue to feed it death, basically. And you um,
2: feel like, unmasculine when you're doing that act, you know? Like, there's something, like, incredibly not masculine about, like, looking at a woman on a computer screen and, you know, pleasing yourself. It's just so, like, the picture of that is just so unmasculine, Mm. you know? Uh, And if you were to see yourself in that moment, you would have to admit it. Yeah. That's why there's so much shame, you know.
1: There's a great book out there. It's actually, um, (laughs) it's called Delivered. Um, And it is actually a a compilation of some well-known speakers and um, people in the Catholic world that have had struggles with porn. Um, and it was, it was actually compiled by Matt Fradd and he had a beautiful quote today that was just saying that we have to, you have to love, you have to hate sin enough to abandon porn, you know, basically that was not verbatim, but that you have to love the heart of God enough to abandon those things that are making you less like him, right. you know, and it dehumanizes you. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, and there's also a great, um, and actually it's really funny that yes. Joanna is wearing her I am. porn kills love shirt. I'm wearing my porn um, kills
0: love shirt. It's red. I like it. And it's from a
1: group <laughs> called fight the new drug, right? Yes.
0: Fight the new drug. They're awesome. Um, there's a whole bunch of t-shirts, but they do a lot of research on what pornography does yes. to people's lives, to their brains, to society, to relationships. Um, one of the things that, I also have another shirt by them, and it's Stop the Demand. So, pornography fuels sex trafficking across the world. Right. And now there's more people enslaved than ever in history, and that's such a huge part of it. So Wow. Like so much of our society is blind to this truth,
1: right? And they, you should, if you if you have a Facebook, you should follow them. Fight, yeah, fight, the, fight new the new drug. drug. They're awesome. Um, they're amazing and always coming out with with stuff about you know bringing to light the darkness that porn has become. It is interesting is. because
3: the science is beginning to catch up now on mm-hmm. the detrimental effects, yeah. which is uh, a really beautiful validation of natural law and our belief of natural law as Catholics so we understand you know better i would say than, than most what it means to be man and woman and and we under, and the catholic church would have told you a long time ago that pornography was wrong that contraception was wrong and yeah, I now think they did do that <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah.
0: vitae, Who's so, that paul the 1960s so pope paul vi
3: anyway yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. paul vi said and you know this was in regards to contraception that it would lead to an increase in women being objectified Right. Well, what do you know? What's happened? Are. So, so the science is is now starting to bear out what we've known all along. Right. And uh, it just speaks to to the natural law. You have to understand if you you know you have to understand how things are designed right. and uh, what the what the purpose is by that design. Uh, and you have to understand that there is a, a natural law giver mm-hmm. or, or a designer who has who has you know created this. With purpose, his purposes and designs in mind. So here, here it is. You know, n- nature doesn't lie, and th- the science is starting to show to show this stuff. Mm-hmm. Right, so. true. So um, moving on, though, our it's important to p- uh, point out our culture makes it very difficult sometimes for men to to live out, but even more to even understand. You know who we are to be, and and what the Lord has written in our hearts. And Jason brought up a couple of these episodes, a uh, c- couple of these examples rather earlier. The Homer Simpsons and the right. Jerry Seinfelds, and uh, you you have all these all these male characters and TV shows and movies, and they're just total buffoons. Right. More than anything else, they're incapable of of acting sacrificially. They're they're all selfish and childish and. And uh, in wow. in some ways, it's I think the creators or writers are trying to um, promote the the female characters, but it's I think a fallacy to, to think that you fallacy. have to put one down to elevate the other. And that's the same wow.
1: way that our society operates now too. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
3: it's it's this this tension. It's this false dichotomy. Right. It's we think that we have to you know in order to to. Show women as they truly are, and with their full dignity. We think that we have to put men down, and we have to, you right. know, cast them as idiots. And it's it's kind of disgusting, honestly. It is, it is. It's, I'm it's, so tired of it. it. It
1: goes back to that quote from uh, Moliere's *Dignitatum*: that unity does not mean lack of diversity. You know, yeah. it doesn't mean that it's not that diversity can't exist with unity, um, but that unity actually would thrive. And back to that Saint Therese of Lisieux. Mm-hmm. Um, that what was it?
0: If all of the flowers in the garden were the same, would it not lose its sense of loveliness? Something right. like that. I paraphrased, but so true.
2: That was a good
1: paraphrase. <laughs> that
2: was
0: my <real laughs> uh, English teacher. <laughs> I've read a lot. <laughs>
3: also, Catholic Saint nerd, and I mean oh, that <laughs> <laughs> lovingly.
0: Thank you. I am. I am a Catholic Saint nerd. I Ask love me it. anything about the saints. <laughs>
3: Fortunately, though, um, despite all these, you know, terrible role models we have as men, we do have a pretty darn good one. Uh, I'm referring to Christ. <laughs> you
0: don't say. Jason, sit down. I'm just kidding. Oh <laughs> um,
1: man!
3: But we do. We do have this beautiful, uh, beautiful embodiment of authentic masculinity through Christ, and it's. You know, he embodies his sacrifice, of course, through his passion. But he he also, you know, just nails that. I, I don't, I don't want to say balance, um, but he he just nails that. Just beautiful, authentic masculinity. He's he's not he he doesn't uh, you know fail to the point of passivity. But he also goes willingly to his death. He does not go with arrogance. He does not go. You know, so he gives right. himself up willingly. Right in in this pure sacrificial way but it's not it, it, it this is something that he also chooses he accepts right it's not something that is forced upon him right it's something that he accepts it, his will is one with the father right and that comes you know firstly through this receptivity because mm-hmm. you have to receive the father's will so that you can act on it right and obedience in 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 just total perfect obedience yeah, and and yeah. what a beautiful thing um, so we have that example we also have a pretty good example in saint joseph yes yeah. um the earthly father of jesus who interestingly enough is is the head of the household of the holy family so so here he is a a great guy who you know his, his son is god and his wife is is sinless is immaculate <laughs> and he's the one in charge <laughs> How's that for S- a sitcom? Slightly, slightly <laughs> humiliating.
1: We should call that sitcom Redemptor's Imagine Custos. Yeah. How humiliating <laughs> that
2: is, like in a beautiful way. Right. God, the the humility of God is just. It's just.
3: But that's. You to your knees. That's the dignity of fatherhood yeah. that the father in heaven right. would, or would arrange it such that, you know, his immaculate daughter, Mary, is. Is subject to, you know, Joseph and and you know even his own divine and and human son right. is is under the authority, right, of under his mission, under his mission.
0: But what I particularly love about that so much, because I have a strong devotion to Saint Joseph, is that by taking the role of the father. Uh, of the Holy family, like he is like in essence, like the Holy or God, the father is working through him. So like hit the not commands, but like, if he says like, Mary, please do this. Like that's coming from God, the father too. It's not Mm. just coming from St. Joseph. So imagine how obedient like Christ must've been and how much he would have like completely loved St. Joseph. So totally repping St. Joseph He's amazing and there's a reason why all of the great holy saints had a de- devotion to him, not that I'm like them, but like he's St. Wow. Joseph is awesome.
3: Patron of the Universal Church. <laughs> beat that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I ain't got nothing on that.
1: <laughs> Did you just say beat that one? Beat What what what's happening? Okay. Continue.
3: <laughs> anyway, so uh, this we, we kind of have this understanding, maybe more, more clearly now of, of authentic masculinity. and it, it's good to ask the question, what does that look like? You know, so we have this idea. What does it look like in the practical sense? And I think it comes out in a few different roles, uh, because it, again, the, the masculine identity, while it is first receptive, it is then active. Right. Um, and we talk about this act of gift of self. It comes in, in the sense of uh, being a provider. So you, uh, you know, and being in just intrinsic to providing means is something that is, you know, there is this sense of... of uh, gift of self. Gift of self, yeah. right, exactly. Yeah. There has to be something that you are providing, and, and what does that come from if not yourself? Right, You know? right. To, to give means... At some point, there had you have to have first right. before you can give. Right. So, so there's that intrinsic, you know, pouring out. Right. In the generative. sense of providing, it is. It, yeah, generative. Yes. Um, there's also this uh, role of of protector, which uh, Saint Joseph embodies in his in his role as head of the Holy Family. Right. And with the role of protecting. Uh, that implies that there is this openness to risk. It, it, protection really is shielding another from some threat or risk and there's no other way to shield them than to put yourself put to take that on yourself. Yeah, yeah. Which is this another form of this self-emptying. Yeah. Wow, well, that's good. Um and uh lastly uh there may be more but l- lastly is as far as what we're talking about today, or what I'm talking about, uh, there's this this role of this activity, but but also this uh, this we we would be remiss if we didn't mention the purpose behind this. So, with every action, there is an underlying purpose, and there's an right. underlying mission. And through the masculine genius, we uh, really try to act upon that mission for the good of the other. Right. So uh, you will see in, in some some secular, uh, you know, secular wisdom will tell you, and it's, it's, not, it's not really far off, um, but you'll see if you study the differences between men and women and how they think, uh, you'll see the analogy sometimes that men, their brain is like a bunch of boxes and they're in different boxes. They're in my, uh, you know, I'm in my talking box, my driving box. My they they're, they tend to be very focused. That's how we kind of communicate it. Right. And then you the alternative as you you know under, hear about women, it's, uh their brains are compared to spaghetti. That everything is interconnected and everything <laughs> is related to something else. So I
0: like to think about it like a spider web. A spider web. Like would be everything's good. That's connected. That's probably what Stefani was talking about.
3: Yeah. yeah. So spaghetti spiderweb, you know, <laughs> same difference. Um, but but this kind of understanding of uh, you know you're you're very relational and 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 everything is related to another thing and you really can't kind of turn it off yeah. so much and and you're thinking about dinner and kids and child rearing and and all of these what do I have to do and different obligations, whereas guys reflecting I think the ma- masculine genius are more uh, sometimes task oriented and focused. So it's more of this. Uh, this uh, focused determination of I'm going to complete this task or, you know, kill this woolly mammoth or, you know, hunt the saber tooth tiger. you done that, like, recently? All the time. Yeah, just last weekend. Okay. Actually, over the 4th of July. So awesome. It was great. Jason was with me. <laughs> um, we high-fived a lot.
2: <laughs> and smoked cigars while we were doing it. Right. <laughs> that I one. actually hold, you actually held my cigar while I... Use the bow and arrow to kill mm-hmm. the. Just briefly
3: and very wow. casually. Had the steer, right? Yeah.
2: Right. Wow. So I said I was like, arrow. yeah, I was like, here, hold this for a second.
3: Mm-hmm. <laughs> he was like, hey, watch this.
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh. No, it's awesome. Um, let's see what we've got else here. Uh, We've I talked do, about. Go ahead. I
0: have a point to make, like a question slash point. Um for you guys how do you guys relate to your emotionality in this society as far as how people are often like oh men don't cry like they don't show emotions they don't have strong relationships like that like what is the truth about men and their emotions and how that I guess is aligned with your calling to be sacrificial
2: yeah, well, I mean, obviously it's it's false to say that men don't have emotions and that they don't cry. If you don't cry, then there's something, you know, amiss um, within your heart. Then you're holding something back because, I mean, even our Lord cried. Um, he weeped
3: mm-hmm.
2: um, when Lazarus died, um, which is not feminine, you know, or unmasculine rather uh, to do. So I think we should call that out you know that that whole false masculine notion of not showing any you know emotion uh, otherwise you're you're being girly or something like that that's just totally false um, but um I do think there's a particular um, I can, you know th- Maybe there's particular things that make men weep um, more, just in in our masculinity. Um, But... um, And I think that uh, a lot of it is, well, it is in relation to um, the other, and especially, you know, I think women. Um, So... Um, we're certainly motivated, wouldn't you say, Thomas, by um, a desire to um, save or...
3: Yeah. Um, so do you know what t- I'm getting t- at? Kind of to be the knight in shining armor.
2: Yeah. <laughs> um, or if a woman is in distress, let's say, mm-hmm. or if anyone is, for that matter. Yeah. A child, whatever.
3: I think there are a few things that will, um, you know, rouse a man, you know, th- then someone in distress, a woman, a child, especially, right. Um, and I think that's again how is how it was designed, right? Uh, I don't. It's not a coincidence. It's not something that you know our culture just happened to arbitrarily end up at. Uh, it's it's something that's I would say intrinsic to our nature. Right.
2: I think that okay, so now that I'm thinking about it, I mean when I think about when I think about Christ, um especially at that moment where he best, you know, expressed his love to us on the cross, you know, um, there have been many times that I've weeped um about that. And um but with that, I don't know if this is particular mas particularly a masculine thing, you guys will have to tell me but um I want to be him in that moment. I don't know if women, th- you know, weep I, in that mode. I Do you want know what I mean? to
0: be with him. Right. I don't want to be him. Yeah. I want to be with him. I, to be him. I
2: want to be him. You know, and I think that that's I think probably that's, the difference.
0: That's a huge difference. I think <clears throat> that's the difference. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Like we
2: long to be poured out mm. to the nth degree. Yeah. As men,
3: I think when our when our priorities are in order and we are well formed i think you're correct yeah Yeah. i and i think that not i I think the opposite is is more of an indicator of that there's an issue um something in our life
2: like when we see people in need and in more you know when we mourn and we weep for the world you know in need i I think that's very masculine yeah um Mm -hmm. it's very christ-like um
1: yeah, it was one of the male saints that uh, I can't even remember who it was. I want to say it was Augustine because, you know, he cried a lot. But um, <laughs> right. I don't think it was him. But that he used to weep a lot. And someone asked him, another man asked him, like, why do you weep so much? And his response was because you don't weep enough.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Um, God, that's well said.
1: But the uh, I have to cut us off. Well.
0: no <coughs>
1: that's hey, all
3: right we, hey we, we just got through a whole uh, whole masculine genius in amazing. one podcast amazing
1: <laughs> as you like puff on your cigar and get ready to go chop wood i mean it's amazing <coughs> <old shirt>. so <laughs> but um joanna thomas thank you so much oh it's
0: thank been you for great. having us yeah. yes i loved it had a blast
1: the next time we have thomas on the podcast it'll be through skype or something I'm probably sure. yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. is that possible so I'm sure we'll it is. work it yeah, out. We have to work this
2: out. The way.
3: interwebs yeah. these days, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Abe Lincoln said it was That's gonna true, be Grandpa. possible.
1: So shoot us an email, schoolofhumanityfl at gmail.com. And thank you so much for listening. We are praying for you. Please pray for us. And God bless.
0: Faith Fit Radio and the Diocese of Orlando presented School of Humanity with Jason and Rachel Bowman Thank you for listening. Check out the podcast at faithfitradio.org and tune in next time. May you be blessed with peace and joy.